Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Door Bumper Clear, and I'm Hannah Newhouse back again filling in for Casey Boat. We have a full studio today with not two, but three spotters in the house as Freddie Kraft returns with TJ and Brett. They'll discuss Bubba Wallace turning Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson versus Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott battling Martin Truex Jr. for the win, and the playoff bubble heating up and much, much more. Let's go. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Uh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Hello. Hello. Clear. Bring it home. Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car, the winning 22 Xfinity car, my one and done. Yeah, you enjoyed that. (laughs) Why did you spot for the 22? Um, Because his normal spotter is Josh Williams, who is my roommate on the road as well, and Josh... um, also spots for ryan blaney so they both ran and uh i guess blaney has precedence over it as much as blaney screams at that guy on radioactive i'm surprised he wanted him to spot for him in xfinity <laughs> yeah so they they um josh slides over and don't act like blaney. don't act like you don't know what i'm talking about he gets screamed at all the time he gets screamed at more on radioactive than any of us combined yeah he got he does get yelled at a lot but i think <laughs> it's gotten better in the last month or so has it yeah it's gotten a lot better he finally um, learned how to spot. Is that what happened? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get into this. <laughs> what do you think, Freddie? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he gets apologized to right after he gets yelled at, though. So it's just, he does? He does I get think, apologized. I think Blaney gets just a little bit of heat in the moment for old YRB. Yeah. Blaney uh, gets wound up. Yeah. Brett Griffin, spotter Clint Boyer, also had uh, A.J. Almendinger this weekend. Who, Loser! Who was uh, <laughs> trying to win the race, but he didn't. I think he finished last. Try, yeah, he did. I think we finished second, then we this, got demoted to last. Is this another one of them races you're going to count but doesn't really count? I, I mean, you know what, man? I think the guy finished second. I saw him finish second. We crossed the line in second, therefore it's legal. So you're telling me if I'd have won the race and had a motor with 12 cylinders and got thrown it afterwards, you'd you, say I you still won? You finished first, but then you lost. Freddie Crafts in the house. Yeah. What is, uh, I don't. What'd you guys? I mean, it seems weird. You called me last night to see if I wanted to come on today. I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know. Do you I have mean, something in mind you guys want to talk about? Yeah, we thought you for the first time all year may actually be relevant in conversation <laughs> as it pertains to NASCAR. After the All Star race, he was relevant. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely relevant. You were relevant at Pocono too, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Top. 
<laughs> so anyway, so Freddie, how, what? Uh, yeah, do you, should we talk about it now or wait? No, let's wait. Okay, we'll wait. We also have um, the the gorgeous. You st- no, we already you talked about. There. We already talked about me. <laughs> yeah, we we're, on the, yeah. we're on the yeah now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I am not prepared for today. That's um, not Freddie's voice. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, Hannah Newhouse here, back once again. I guess Casey, man, she's just letting me. It's like shared custody at this point. Shared custody. Yeah, of you guys, like taking what care of the children. What do you mean by that? That's taking what we should do. We, we should do every other show. Y'all alternate. That's rude. <laughs> or once some y'all should just pick a month. Everybody do a month. Every other month. Yeah. Well, hey, you took a month off. I know. <laughs> and y'all ordered uh, that stupid ass football over there while I was gone. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that month off ever again. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, is this the month that you broke yourself? No, that was the other month I took off. <laughs> that was the month I broke my ass on a boat in the Exumas. The okay. last month that I took off, Freddie and I went to the uh, Lake of the Ozarks, and then we went to Myrtle Beach. Next week, Freddie and I are going to Atlanta. It's his birthday. How old are you be? I'll be 37. No way you'll remember turning 37. Not Zero chance. chance. <laughs> Why Atlanta? Uh, the Mets are actually in town to play the Braves. Oh. So Aren't you just, going on a cruise too soon? I'm going on a cruise with Doug Campbell in a couple weeks. Doug, Brett don't like cruises. We I don't do cruises, man. So just you and Doug, or yeah, just me and Doug. We got a we got a Single king bed. size bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually obviously me, and my wife, uh, Doug, and my brother are going. So which chick is Doug taking? I don't know. His brother. My brother probably. <laughs> They're gonna, you know, I don't know. It might end up being Doug's him. brother. <laughs> Doug <laughs> is uh, Doug is how old is Doug? Twenty five? He's no, twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah, twenty six. You, you and Doug are buddies, right? Yeah, me and Doug are good so friends. So the yeah. Doug we're talking about maybe spots you'll go for the ninety five car. I sh- I could go. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Come on. Are you going on the cruise? No, I'm not going on this cruise. <laughs> no, why not? Uh, we need, we actually need a roommate for John. So I mean, is that Bristol? Wants, you guys leave the Sunday after Bristol, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's bad planning. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> well, no, no, we leave the Monday. After okay. Bristol, yeah. No, I'm definitely not leaving Sunday. You know, you would have won Bristol if you planned it. I would. I know it would have rained out if I planned and it. Then you would have won. Then I would have won. And yeah, done. Did that last year? We planned the a Disney cruise. And we weren't my wife planned it. Not even you don't really know what's going to happen with the championship. So she planned it, and uh, yeah, it got real interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for flights at the last minute and stuff. So uh, yeah, well, thanks for coming back, Hannah. You know we um, appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we needed this guidance. We're doubling your pay. Yeah, yeah. Do we tell you that? Yep. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks. Well, welcome. Yep, you're now uh-huh. going to make zero yeah, dollars. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> TJ hoards all the money, so there's nothing left to pay the rest of us. That's well, how I, just, it works. I save it up because I know I'm going to have to bail Brett out sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a door bumper clear episode live from the front office. Arraignment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we could just sit outside the cell and stick the mic through the cell. What do you think, Brett? It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> food sucks. Oh, man. Yeah. You say the food sucks? You know, this, yeah. this has been a – you've had a pretty good summer. Me minus the minus you've had some bad luck on the track. I've had some injuries. As, yeah, I'm saying like as far as the trips you've been on. I know you. Yeah. I know you broke your uh, bottom there. Yeah. And then it um, feels a lot better. You were you so that's it. good. No, but I don't see you with that pillow anymore. So that's good. <laughs> donut. Yeah, the donut. But you. Uh, I mean, you swim with pigs. Pigs jumping off boats. Sharks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, yeah. I've heard those pigs are mean. No, they're not mean at all. Really? No, they're super tame. Like, I've just heard, can not, we, not can mean, but like, about that? not yeah. mean, but like aggressive, because they're so used to people that I've heard they're just like. No, I promise, they're super chill. How does uh, a one, one of the guys get mean? Because they're big, and so they like. Freaking wild hogs. Yeah, did you, say, into, did they you like, say super chill? What is the difference between a pig the, and a no, wild hog? super chill, but did, what happened is the guy, the, the, one of the crew guys on the on the boat, 
jumped on the back of a 300-pound pig, and he literally, when I tell you he jumped on top of it, I don't mean like a horse. I mean like he went all, all his hands all the way around his neck. This thing went to squealing like he had stabbed it. I mean, it went absolutely nuts. It's trying to buck him this off. It takes better. off running. <laughs> it runs over someone. Okay, and I don't know who the someone is because I'm really just like, holy, what the is going on out here? So I look, and there's a rooster tail behind this pig's ass as it's running. <laughs> Next thing you know, I see somebody laying in the ground in the water with their cell phone up, and I'm like, damn, I think I recognize that cell phone. I think that's Claudia's. <laughs> All of a sudden, Claudia's head comes popping up. She's got blood on her leg, blood on her chest. <laughs> this thing trampled her. Literally. But, no, her, but her phone was fine. But they're nice. Who was riding it? They're, it's one of the crew guys. One of the guys you, on the boat. Uh, so my- this, this entire time, I pictured it being you, and it made it awesome. Just seeing <laughs> how. I don't think, I don't know that I have, I, and, and I'm, I'm dumb, right? But I don't know that I'm that dumb. I don't know that I would jump on the do back you, of that wild pig. Do you know what mutton busting is? No, oh, wait. Mutton busting. Yeah, yeah. So it's when we used to do the county fair when I was little. It's like sh- yeah, they have sheep and they get kids and they put okay, them on. Okay, you're on off the show. Stop. You're gone. <laughs> no, no. You like you Jason. like hold on to the sheep like that and they let them out and the kid that holds on the longest wins, wins. like a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do that. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. Yeah. Mutton busting. Uh, huh. So some bad news. We lost our last pristine auction bid, the Rob Gronkowski signed Patriots helmet, but good news Brett's I mean Casey's item that she won for Brett came we have a Clemson football signed by Ben Bulware on the table now who who's the guy Ben Bulware he was on the 2016 national championship let team me, I forget me, exactly what he did let but. me see that football I'm now. gonna like casually so, toss this to you no hang on <laughs> I just want to get a good still shot with Brett in this you better watch bit. your fingers <laughs> I just want to see if I can see this guy's name. I can't name. read that. What's that say? Let me see. I 2016 can't read National Champs. I can't see it. Let me see. No, he's oh, not. No. <laughs> Give me that ball. I'm going to stab you. Give me that ball. Jimmy, bring me that ball over here. Yeah, bring me that ball. I told TJ to back up. My kids know what happens when we see tigers. That's done. <laughs> Go Cox. <laughs> we don't do tigers. This is what happens. So I met a guy this weekend by the name of Tom Bryant, who is a NASCAR official. And he was like, man, you know, I've listened to your podcast. I've heard his name, never met him. He's like, we have a mutual uh, hatred for something. I was like, what is it? He's like, Clemson. I was like, oh, yeah. Tom Bryant is awesome. So, Tom, this is for me. This is for you. Screw the Clemson Tigers. Casey, whatever. Don't build anything <laughs> else. Anything Clemson will get deflated around here. That's what will happen. Aggressive, dude. Yeah, let's put the deflated knife ball next to Hannah. Yeah. Well, we obviously can't leave next Rest to Rest in peace. Yeah. Damn, he he mutton busted the heck out of whatever you can. <laughs> you can what leave is it that, called uh, again? Is it mutton? mutton yeah, mutton busting. Mutton bust, busting. Yeah, you can or just leave that knife in there. Idaho, dude. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> mutton busting. <laughs> All right, TJ's turn to bid on a pristine auction item this week. Well, we got TJ. Uh, well, I think Jason has some more. We're gonna. I'm going to fill this table up with Buffalo Bill stuff, so. It's all the thing I, I know. I, I can, saw. I think I saw something this week, TJ. That there, you're the only team in the NFL that doesn't have one single player listed in the top 100 players in the league. So congratulations, <laughs> you know, you're going to continue to suck yet again. I'm fine with that, but I can I can keep bidding on Bill stuff for the table. Yeah, because it's cheap and winning it. <laughs> we got no sh- winning it. Well, Jason's in here trying to get Tom Brady socks, you know, yeah, and he's. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're yeah. definitely the only guy bidding on this so stuff. So I have I have a high possibility of filling this table with Buffalo Bill stuff. So hey, yeah. pristine auctions doing me well. Uh, so today we're bidding on a Thurman Thomas signed Buffalo Bills football that's inscribed H O F O seven. You know what that means? 
Yeah, Hall of Fame. I mean, screw your list of the top hundred. This is Hall of Fame. Yeah. They have one Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, no, I have more than one. Dude, Dude that, I actually was a huge Thurman Thomas fan. He was great in the video games too. Hey, yeah. If you got in Tech Mobile, if Tech you got Mobile. in Tech Mobile, you wanted Bo Jackson or Thurman Thomas, basically, yeah. Yeah. And, or Eric Dickerson. Uh, who was the dude from the 49ers? I remember him killing it. Was Ronnie it? Lott? No. Uh, oh, well, Roger mean, Craig? Is oh, Roger, Roger Craig, yeah. yeah. Roger Craig, yeah, Joe Montana. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I've waited in alliance to get his autograph when I was probably 10 years old, so this will be a cool item for me. So, man, I, I that's actually – I agree that's a cool item. That may be the only cool Buffalo Bills thing that we'd have a chance to get. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to start bidding on it, $20? Who coaches them right now? Doug McDermott. Who? The guy from the Panthers. Oh, he was the Panthers' offense coordinator two years yeah. ago. Yeah, oh, so have a great season. Listen, man, you wait. Panthers Quietly watch the Bills get better here. They're building. Yeah, Slowly. they've been oh, building man. since. How many Bills hats did you see at Watkins Glen? I didn't see any. I saw a ton of them. I did you see? I didn't you see didn't any. look. I, I, I mean, I mean, I didn't run into any. I saw one guy sat in front of us wore the same Mets jersey for three days though. That was my man. <laughs> <laughs> It was only 90 degrees. No. Uh, by the way, I lived in that part of New York for a long time. And that, like, I looked down, and it felt like it was 95 degrees. And you walked by me, you're like, man, what was it? What did it say it was? Like, high 70s? Yeah. Was, yeah. There's absolutely no chance it was in the high it 70s like right 100. then. Yeah. It did. Well, it was Rutledge so hot. Wood did an interview. I watched, like, the pre-race, and he was standing with a bunch of fans. And there was some guy that was Fried and had a with number the nine, oh. and then the eighteen oh. crossed through. But he on was the back, yes. yeah, yeah. But there was a couple people that he was just standing there with, and they were all so burnt. And I'd heard the weather oh, yeah. was nice, so I was, was like, good. "How is everyone getting yeah. fried?" So the one kid, I forget his name now. He tweets at me every once in a while, but he does that nine every year. And he used to do. Um, it was MWR. It might have been Clint or Michael. I can't remember. But like when Herm was doing Truex, I ran into that guy because I was there helping somebody that year. And he had the damn either fifteen or fifty six shape like burned into his. <laughs> this guy's been doing this for like seven eight years, so he's. I mean, he's probably needs to start talking to somebody about maybe some uh, skincare or something. But I mean, yeah. he's been burning the hell out of himself forever. Well, if it's shave, if it's shaved, it's okay. No, no I mean, I don't think it burns that like, way. <laughs> it's just killed. Oh well. man! All right, well, we'll go on to spot on, spot off next. All right, so there was a lot going on at Watkins Glen this weekend in terms of disagreements. Um, so there's a handful of them here. We'll just make them quick and go through those ones, starting with Justin Allgaier versus Ross Chastain. Brett, go. Hannah, which side are you on? I didn't watch the race. so. <laughs> which side are both of you on? You go first. Yeah. I asked you first. First of all, <laughs> I love this stuff. This is drama, right? This is sports. This is tempers flaring. This is the equivalent to a fight in the middle of a hockey game. So I, I unless my guy's involved and I get literally the short end of the stick, then I'm going to be upset, right? But well, I watch this Justin Ross thing play out, and, and then I, I see Justin get out of the car and say it's over. He handled it, and then I hear hear Ross get interviewed on MRN. When I saw him pop up on the big screen, I immediately switched my scanner over to MRN to hear what he, he was said. saying. And uh, I think it was Kim Coon interviewing him and said, "Ross, you made the comment that that you're going to solve this problem." He's like, "Yeah, I will. Don't worry." And she's like, "What are you going to do?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it. I'm, I got it." So one guy says it's over, one guy says it's not. So I'm 100 percent spot on for what happened. I'm going to be. 
I, I mean, I watch this thing play out, and I, and I look, Justin is, is a great race car driver and an even better guy. I actually talked to him when we got off the plane. Probably frustrated, right? I mean, here he is two-thirds of the way through the season, hasn't really contended to win a lot of races, obviously hasn't won a race. Only car to win here at JRM has been Mike Lynette, who won the season opener. So I'm sure he's very frustrated, um, and, and I think this is going to apply to later conversations. The fact that you're racing Ross Chastain driving the four-car is probably your first problem. Um, the fact that he wrecked you is obviously your second problem. Um, I wouldn't think that if I were Justin Allgaier driving JRM equipment, I would want to be racing Johnny Davis equipment. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm spot on. I got to be Team Ross here, though. Are you looking at me like I'm next? Oh, so I have to say in this, too? Uh, I'll go. Um <laughs> She's flipping us off. I'm flipping you off. I got a scratch in my uh, eye. I can yeah. see it from here. <laughs> that tear in your eye. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't, it's great to have some people, um, you know, angry at each other and handling it on the track or whatever they got to do. I don't. Um, I don't know what all led up to it. I don't. Apparently, there's been some more things that have led up to this. I don't know if Justin feel like feels like he's been run into before by Ross, but um, you know, I I can't. He got turned by a guy, and then he he basically turned the guy back. Him, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that Justin could have wrecked a lot worse than what he did. That's not. There's no really good place to wreck at Watkins Glen um, and not have a big chance of having a pretty big incident. Some of them end up being nothing, but there's an opportunity there at the Glen for to get you know crazy wrecks. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a very wise decision on a lot of their parts because. You know, I don't know that. I guess that was Ross's car for next week too. Ross isn't running that car. Okay, Johnny Davis would be well, the running. But that what car. I'm saying is, this isn't a good battle to get in. Well, Justin tore up the car that Johnny Davis would have run at Mid Ohio. Yeah, but I mean, it, there's not a lot of them there to go through. No, you know what I mean. So to me, is this battle really worth getting into? You know, as far as some of these people for like on Ross's side, is it really right for him to get in here? Because if he gets Justin back, obviously Justin knows what he's going to do. You know, to me, is it? I don't know if Justin knows what he's going to do. Well, I'm just saying it doesn't need to. Ross has been known to. We can't be tearing up race cars, you know. May not be a race car involved. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. If you're going (laughs) to, I mean, maybe it needs to be handled another way. I don't know. Um, I got to go. I'm, I'm, I'll go team Justin. (laughs) That's odd. Yeah, I'm, I'm only spot off just for the fact that I actually spot for one of Johnny Davis' cars, and I hated to see this guy pours his blood, sweat, and tears into these race cars. And and spot, I spot for Garrett Smithley, and I know the deal with Johnny stuff. Do not tear up the race car. Go out there, run as hard as you can, but be smart. Don't tear the race car up. Now, kind of Ross kind of put himself in that position by getting into it with Justin, and Justin did apologize after the race in his interview that said he kind of really wanted to just turn t- Ross around <laughs> and not tear up Johnny stuff. But uh, yeah, it's not a when you've got, you know, Justin's going to be racing for a championship here before long, and Johnny's got four red flex seal cars out there that he's going to have to contend with now. I'm sure Johnny's not very happy with Justin about tearing up his race car. So uh, it's just spot off for the fact that he tore up one of Johnny's cars and, and a guy that really can't afford to have stuff like that torn well, up. And is I think tr- these guys are smart enough, too, to know when you make contact in certain parts of those, like that road course, where Justin and Ross it. I don't think like, they know, though. Well, I don't think they know how slick it was out there once they got out yeah. there. I don't think they know that. Well, I think like where they – and I agree. Where I think Justin originally got turned – was a straight up went across his nose, and then where Justin returned the favor, you know, I think he went more so to like 
straight up just boot him. It wasn't supposed to wreck him. I think he wanted and then to it spin was him super, out. Yeah, like but, boot him, get him out of the way. But it, like you what said, people I don't think realize is in the carousel. Once you, it's just straight marbles, isn't it? Well, no, it once you get a, it tur- it's off. Once you oh. get to the edge of the banking, it kind of goes back down the other way. So it kind of just takes back off. Got you. So. Well, that's not that's not be ignorant here though. Ross wasn't in the groove when he got wrecked. Well, right. Ross was way off the bottom in that carousel turn. So once Justin hit him, he's going to go Sayonara, in the dirt. Yeah. And when he goes in the dirt, he's he's absolutely done. But I got to ask Freddie this. Freddie, I heard that there was a love letter left from Johnny Davis to Justin Allgaier and Justin Allgaier's locker after the race. Can we confirm if the letter – you don't have to say what was in the letter, but was there a letter left from the car owner to Justin Algar? I think there was something passed on. I don't think – it wasn't in a locker. I believe it was somewhere on the hauler. Okay. Um, but, but there was there, a letter there left. There was something left for – For uh, Justin from, Reed. Yeah, for Justin from, from – Just reading material for his flight home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So I got a question. Let's flip the roles here for you. We're role-playing? Yeah, let's flip it. Say Ross – say Justin spins Ross out in the beginning. <laughs> what do you think then? Dude, I told you I love this. Ross has a yeah, temper. He'll go back I, after I, him. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not love it because the roles are reversed. I still love it. I love it the way it happened. I love it now. Like if you, you're not gonna make me change my mind. I well, still I know. Love it. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying you're not gonna like it. I'm saying, are you gonna flip sides? Or are you staying with? You no, know? I'm not flipping sides because I'm Team Ross Chastain right how now. How are you not Team? If I you I love it, how are you not Team? You know, or Team both? I'm gonna pick what we're doing in this segment. TJ is picking the driver. That we like, and I'm picking that driver. I'm just asking you if it flips, are you going to switch sides? We have like four more of these to go through. Okay, go. Fine. (laughs) You just want to get off this topic. Huh? Nothing. (laughs) Anyways, Kyle Busch versus William Byron. (laughs) We'll start with Freddie. If I get more crap on Twitter from you guys about this. (laughs) Please tweet her. No, please do not tweet me. I have to like literally put a PSA out that I'm not dating Ross. Did you think it was going to get better? Please tweet her. Please tweet her. Please tweet her. And you're only making it worse. Just let it go. Just let let it ride. Kyle Busch versus William Byron. Freddie, go. You want me to start talking about Kyle Busch already? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. So honestly, honestly, I'm going to say this. Um, So Tony Hirschman is a very good friend of mine. He's probably the longest, the spotter I've known for the longest because we came up through his ranks together. So we were texting back and forth about what happened maybe a little bit later in the race. And I asked him about the first turn because I didn't see it. And he showed me a replay from whoever was behind them two. And it honestly looked to me that really wasn't 100% Kyle's fault. Like, I think Kyle wasn't really wrong for being upset with William because, like, the angles they take in the corner, like, William doesn't leave. Kyle's on the bump, on the curb. And uh, William does not leave him a lot of room. And it looks like Kyle kind of spins himself out to keep from, from running William over. And then what happens later is obviously Kyle's frustrated, turns William. And then I guess coaching from the pit box was Chad, who tells him to go up there and run in the back of him. And Kyle sees it coming and locks the brakes up and Brake checks and him. wrecks William's car, which I don't think that – I mean, obviously I think you should probably pay somebody back under green when they do something to you. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just – I mean, the first incident looked to me like it wasn't – it was more Kyle trying to stay off of William – and that's probably why he was upset, I guess, and then turned him. So it's just, you know, like I said, I'm all for any of this. We have four topics of things we get to talk to because these guys just ran each other over yesterday, and anything that gives us stuff to talk about is good. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, William's probably learning still. He doesn't have a ton of experience yet, and Kyle, Kyle may have done something like that. Kyle's the luckiest guy that wrecks that I know. He wrecks, Tell me about it. He wrecks at Bristol – in front of the field and has his tailpiece clipped off, which is actually an advantage in these cars. 
and comes back, wins the race. He spins out places numerous times, doesn't hit the wall. He's, I mean, it's skill and luck at the same time, but um, I don't know. I don't think, um, I don't think, you know, that's something where you come up to the guy and you bump him a little bit. And I'm not saying you send him off or whatever. I mean, Kyle recovered very well from that. He only lost, what, five spots? Yeah, he didn't, yeah. Which is nothing compared to how fast he was all weekend. If he would have just kept his cool, he'd have been up in the top five the rest of the day racing for the win, probably. Yeah, he probably would have won the race if he didn't lose so his mind. So why, why, you know, why even get into it? Go up to him after the race, talk to him, and be like, hey, man, you got to give a little more room than that. Or next time you get to him, give him a little nudge, but not like one that's going to – William's going to have to pit after that because there's so much grass on his grill. He just made a big he, – he just caused a, you know, a big disturbance with that. Instead of just a bump or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was exciting. Kyle Busch is the most talented NASCAR driver in history to only have one championship. And the reason he only has one championship is because of brain farts like he had yesterday. I don't know if William Byron meant to pinch him and meant to wreck him in turn one to start with. It seemed like it was accidental. Kyle's running William through the grass was 1,000% through the bus stop on purpose. So now you've started a war with this kid who you really haven't even raced all year. So now you're going into the potential playoff with a freaking warrior. And when William gets eliminated from the playoff in round two or three or whenever he does, assuming that he doesn't make it to Homestead, he's got nothing to lose to to basically have a huge problem with Kyle Busch. So my my only spot off with this is – Kyle, being a veteran, being as talented as he is, being as fast as he was, I mean, he went from around third to eighth when he wrecked. He drove right back to fourth very, very quickly with a car that you would think had flat-spotted tires. I mean, to TJ's point, if Clinton had wrecked in turn one, we would have had four flat tires. Freddie would have came through there and T-boned us. And then after we got T-boned, we would have caught on fire because that's Clint Boyer's luck right now. Kyle Busch can't do any wrong. But spot off on Kyle. Again, I love all this stuff, just like Freddie said. Spot off on Kyle not being a smarter veteran race car driver in that situation. Team Byron. That's me. (laughs) Next one here. Uh, Jimmy Johnson versus Ryan Blaney. Ooh. TJ, let's let's hear why you love Ryan Blaney. I was a little busy during this one, so I don't know. Um, This is a... This is something that makes the spot all spotters nervous in this part of the racetrack because we can't see it, and it's leaving the other guys you that we have out there in the bus stop. And a lot of guys run the carousel different. A lot of guys run right along the right along the curb. A lot of guys diamond a little bit. And to my understanding, Jimmy went up the diamond it, and Ryan thought he left. Ryan drove inside of him, and that's how he spun. So, um, I mean, I see both sides of it. I can see why Jimmy would expect a guy to cut him a little bit of a break there, but. Uh, I think Ryan was on better tires too, so he was like, "Okay, well, I can't waste time here. You don't, you can't waste time at road courses. If you if there's an opening and you have tires, if you lift for that guy, the guy behind you is going to have a run for the next straightaway, and you're going to get past and lose a spot. So if there's an opportunity, you kind of need to take it, you know. And it's it's risk risk versus reward. And to me, you you know a lot of the guys that you can do that to that are probably going to know you're there and stuff and a lot of guys that you probably don't know you know don't trust you didn't you don't do it to them ones i think ryan probably thought that jimmy knew he was probably going to go in there if he was going to race him off the corner fine but um you know i don't i don't think it was intent ryan's not the type that'll go in there and he, he had no reason to go in there and just wreck jimmy for the fun you know i for think the he fun. did that's what he, that's what i saw what he did he wrecked him yeah he didn't have a reason to go in there and just wreck him though it's not like he was looking for him i didn't know if something happened earlier in the race honestly when i was watching this on tv and i mean to tj's point at, at this point in the race when they come by us and leave turn two and start going up the hill in the s's we all literally watch tv you know mm-hmm. what i mean so we're watching this thing play out on tv 
And I'm surprised. You know, we have a flat tire on that same lap. Jimmy Johnson gets wrecked by Ryan Blaney. And then we all saw the the later wreck, which brought the caution out when Bubba wrecked Kyle Busch. All of that happened when in 30 seconds. So what a great time to be a race fan to be watching a, a race, whether you were there or on TV. I am Team Jimmy on this one just because after the race, Jimmy made some really aggressive comments about Ryan's physical demeanor and how he handled the conversation. And I don't have a problem with how either one of them handled conversation. I personally don't care. But the fact that Jimmy went there in his interviews, Jimmy is Jimmy's a really fun guy. But most people don't know that side of Jimmy, right? Jimmy kind of let his, his personality show through there in that interview by saying this kid's quivering, his lips were jumping, and I think he was scared shitless. Like, whatever he said, right? Like, I love, once again, that kind of drama is great for our sport, so I'm, I'm spot on the team, Jimmy. On the racetrack, I'm not picking sides because, again, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I think it's great. I've got the Jimmy quote here. He said, I couldn't hear what he was saying. His lips were quivering so bad he couldn't even speak. I guess he was nervous or scared or both. I don't know what the hell his problem is. He just drove through me and spun us out, and it clearly has big implications on what we're trying to do for the playoffs right now. Clearly not happy with his actions I love, there. I, love I saw Craven, Ricky Craven, retweeted like the Fox inter- or the NBC interview, and uh, he said, the first thing I learned in interviews is take your sunglasses off, because if you don't, the world doesn't trust you. And like it's just Blaney's big old sunglasses, and he's looking around all nervous and stuff. I thought he thought Jimmy was going to sideswipe him. Yeah, that was good. That's good stuff. Did you get a say on this, or we just? Ah, well, I really, like I said, I was a little busy during this one. I didn't really. Let's go uh, to the next one. Then. Yeah, let's go to the next yeah. one then. Well, also, I think it's funny that Bubba and Byron were both involved in this, and didn't they both drive for Kyle at one point? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that just means we know him better. <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, well, we'll just fire this one off with you then. Kyle Busch versus Bubba Wallace, and Bubba says, "I'm going to get my respect on the track, and I don't care who it is. F him." Well. The first thing that I have to get to here is when this went down, there was only really one thing that I was concerned about. What was it? Jason was going to be upset with me. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I put in, as we're you know, under caution, I made sure everything was okay, everything settled down. I text Jason as fast as I could, and I said I was sorry. And I didn't know if that was enough, so I brought flowers in today. No, you because, didn't. You know, I think that's the, way, that's the way you do, like, your friends. You, you got to make something up. wrong. I, that's like, when <laughs> I screw up with Megan, I get her flowers. Make, make Jason, her happy. why don't you come out so here? Jason, Jason, come out here, man. Um, I got come some here, Jason. flowers for you. Come on out, Jason. great. They just so happen to be the color of the M&Ms, I think. I, don't, I mean, most of them uh-huh. are Skittles. That's cute. So, tropical Skittles over here. There you here. go, buddy. I'm there really go, sorry. Jason. I can get up and hug you, but I got a headset on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where do those flowers out. go? No, don't oh. take the knife out. Don't knife Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I thought the flowers looked great next to you, Jason. Yeah, it's, it's not very nice. I, huh. So, Freddy, what happened, man? So, anyway, uh, what the only thing that really dr- drives me insane about this is the fact that, which I can't even say for sure because I still haven't seen it myself, uh, we stay out under one of the... I was right before the end of a stage or something, like five to go before stage end. We stayed out, and we're kind of 10th, 12th ish, something like that. And Kyle comes, he had pit, so he's coming from behind us. <laughs> and I kind of knew that he was going to be way better than us. So I was kind of telling him, you know, five back to the 18 when he disappeared out of my view. So then the next thing I hear is, you know, he comes, Chris Rice, who was helping me in the S's. I don't know, he's three back or something when he got to the top of the S's. Shannon McGlamory, uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience spotting. I heard one back, 18. Then I heard the announcers go nuts. Oh, 43's around. And I see the TV. We're buried up in the fence. And before I see the TV, I hear Bubba saying, 
F and KB, you know, just a little tirade. That's all he said. Never said another word about it. So I, I thought we were done. The way the camera angle was, I thought we were buried in the fence, but I think there was just a wall sticking out a little further than I said. So I, we come back around. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. So then we come in, or I'm sorry, them guys pit, like when their window opened in the second stage or the last stage. And uh, I seen that the 18 was going to come out right behind us. And I said, well, it's going to be interesting. So I didn't, we still, I'm not the one to like tell Bubba what to do. And, and another thing like that I noticed in history is if a guy says he's going to wreck somebody, nine times out of ten he's not going to wreck him. When a guy don't say a word, that's the guy you got to worry about, and he never said a word. So I just – we come – he disappeared from my view, and I said, uh, you got about five back to the two, and he's got about two back to the 18 car. Maybe a little emphasis on 18. And uh, he come around, and I said – he come off a of seven, and Kyle's on our bumper. I said, looking low. And that's the last thing I said. And all hell broke loose down the front stretch. And he still never said a word the whole time. Just, I think we, I, I, maybe we're trying to pit. I'm not sure. I think maybe, I don't know. He got a little close to the wall. <laughs> I thought he was going to run him head on into the end of pit wall at one point. <laughs> and I don't even how's know. Your, how's your hand? My, how, my hand was swollen last night. I mean, I don't know. I think it was the high fives and the fist bumps that I got <laughs> up there. Because um, there was a steady line. Freddie had a whole cheering section around um, him, giving him high fives. Herm, Herm said he was going to put one of them deli counters in where you just got to take a number and I'll serve you next. Like yeah. it was, there was just a steady line of people coming down. The first guy to high five Freddie was uh, the guy who spots for William Byron, ironically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he about broke my hand. Old Tab, he was pretty fired up. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I was just honestly happy that if that's what happened back there, which again, I there's. I hate the fact that there was no replays on TV. TV never caught it. Nobody's caught it. I've never seen it on Twitter yet. Um, so everybody thinks that like that whole deal on the front stretch was it, and Bubba was just wrecking him because Kyle ran into him on the front stretch. Obviously, that was not the case. That had been pent up for about 10 Were you like a laps. proud dad moment when that oh, happened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was happy as hell. Like, I mean, <laughs> I Did you hear how loud the crowd was? I heard how loud the crowd was, and then they were even louder when it, the, replays, the replay. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was like – Bubba, like that's all he tweeted last night. I was like, the crowd was hyped today. Love it with the like uh, rock on emoji or whatever. And uh, but like, yeah, I was. I just told him after the race, and even Chris Rice, who's helping us, he's. I mean, he don't even really know Bubba that well. I don't think he's like, man, I'm really proud of you. That was good. You know, like, you know, you can't say something like that. You can't tell a guy like that's where I think the 24 went wrong. You can't tell a guy go up there and wreck him if you don't want to wreck him because that's what happens. He goes up there, kind of him hauling around and gets his own car wrecked. Like. If Bubba wanted to pay him back, I'm just going to tell him where he's at. He can wreck him if he wants to, yeah. and he did. And I was good for him because, you know what, like he said, you, if you're going to get respect, that's the only I, – I guarantee you Kyle, when he comes up behind us in that situation, might think twice about turning us around again. You know what I mean? There so, was one guy in NASCAR history you never wrecked. His name was Ricky Rudd, and there was a reason for it because he would 1,000% pay you back times 10. Therefore, you knew not to wreck Ricky Rudd. Yeah, it's just the way it is. I love it, man. I, again, I mean, this is we've had short track excitement for whatever reason come into road course racing in the last decade, and it's phenomenal the way they're beating and banging and fighting. And I mean, it just it's great. I love it. Why did Kyle run into you in the first place? Just uh, remember that brain fart thing we talked about. I, you know he he was he was obviously faster than we were. He caught us and just sounded like to me Frank Bolter, who spots for the eighteen, told Hirschman that we blocked him. 
Obviously, I've never seen it. Four other spotters that had nothing to do with my car told us he just kind of did what Allgaier did to Ross, just tried us and drove to the back. I will say that I've seen when Kyle gets down, when he something happens and he's trying to work his way back through the field, he's very aggressive with how he does it. He, I mean, <clears throat> we were somewhere and he was in someone's left rear quarter panel on the front stretch trying to get – where were we when that happened? Was it Chicago? It was. Um, you know, you can't. You can't be like that. So he literally all if he would have just waited one corner, he's going to go right by us. It was like this. It wasn't like we he was back there behind us for a lap. It, like as soon as he caught us, it sounded to me like he moved us. Like you know, yeah. I understand if we're holding him up, but it was like literally as soon as he caught us. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I was also high fiving my friend when Bubba <laughs> took him out, and Bubba is my new favorite driver. He's a national hero. That was the best moment of what? the season. What? So did you just bandwagon? Oh I just no. He's full. He's so lying. Then as soon as Freddie texted in me, I was like, underwear, "He says that." No, that's I not know. true. I started laughing. Like I'm like texting <laughs> you... me during the race. I'm like, "Thanks, Freddie, for thinking of me." Hannah. Oh man! Hannah. Please take those flowers back to Megan. She <laughs> she deserves them. Okay, I'll she do watches that. all my Instagram stories. So Hannah, I'm a big fan. Yes, I have. Uh, I want you to look at something. Uh-oh. Hey, you can't do that. I want you to look at that. What are you looking at, Hannah? Because the rest of us can't see. Is that Jason? That is Jason. Oh. Mark and the people that are listening. <laughs> oh, 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 it's Jason's chubby look picture. Look at little Jason. He's not little. <laughs> <laughs> look at this guy. Damn. That's what he said. I got. I got. I got to tell you. I got a tweet from some dude that I don't know this week, and he said that us fat shaming people was going to make him stop listening to the show. Okay, first of all. I just want you to know that was the weirdest encounter ever post-episode that I was here with, and I work pit road with Hermie. Herminator. I love that guy. I was like, I like almost felt like I had to walk up and apologize to him. First of all, to this punk. The uh, watermelon? Number one, I'm fat. (laughs) Number two, don't be so sensitive. Go vote for Hillary. Go find Hillary. Go live with Hillary. All right. I got got upset last night. Somebody called me. Somebody tweeted at me. (laughs) Somebody said something about Bubba and said that fat drunk Freddy must have told him to do it or something like that. I'm like, (laughs) Like, how's this guy know who I am? Damn it. Like, yeah. he must know me. That's funny. <laughs> Don't be so <laughs> sensitive, people. Easy. Jesus. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> All right, we got to change something because he's, okay, he's yeah. hitting next, politics. Next, he's next, getting angry. We've got a couple more spot on, spot off, but a little bit different here. Um, AJ Allmendinger finishes second in the Xfinity race, fails post race inspection. We already know We already know Brett thinks he won. Yeah, spot on to the first part of that next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I hate it for AJ because AJ's a good dude. He's a lot of fun, uh, fun to talk to, fun to be around, really good, just really fun. And I hate it that it's two in a row he's gotten. The last two cars he's driven for them has been disqualified, right? Was he in a college car? Yeah, yeah third at Daytona, yeah. second here. And got DQ'd at Daytona's. Oh, oh, man. Oh, there goes the football. He got DQ'd at Daytona as well. Throw so. it in the trash, Jebby. The football fell off the table. My daughters are here with me today. You just trash it. No, we're not allowed to throw it out. <laughs> I'm not done here, cutting we'll, that thing up anyway. We'll, we'll, yep, yep, we'll figure um, it out. You know, spot off. I hate it. I hate it for AJ. And uh, I don't know, man. It's I, I heard there was some damage or something that might have caused it to be that low or whatever. But you know, um, I was thinking about this too. Is we haven't we haven't talked about any issues with tech or anything like that. And right now, if you're DQ'd, you're DQ'd. Like, we don't have any issues. Like, for the while there, it seemed like every week we were talking about, okay, are we going to find out tomorrow if this guy finished his spot or not? Now, you know, we know quick, and it's pretty it's pretty plain and simple now. So, um, good for NASCAR for sticking to their guns on this stuff, and and uh, it just sucks that it was 
you, you know? I think the positives <laughs> are that uh, the rules are being enforced. I think the negatives in this situation are that, you know, AJ's come back out of retirement to run for this team and to chase trophies and, you know, played a, played a big role in those guys winning Daytona. And, and obviously here he is running second at a road course where he's really good, had a chance to win, did have some damage to the left rear that we literally talked about on the radio after it happened on Channel 1 and Channel 2. But the bad thing for me is, man, um, you know, here's A.J. Amendinger, a guy that's going to be on television selling your product to the fans and, and commentating and analyzing your product. And, and uh, man, this is where we get in a really sticky situation. Brett Keselowski wrote an article about it of how, you know, tracks and teams and drivers and NASCAR, we all compete for the same sponsorship space. Well, this guy is in your media space during the week. And and here he is. He's butthurt, man. Like, I mean, I, I, I you know, had some folks that were obviously flying with him and with him, man. He was really upset that he had been disqualified given the effort that he put in, the team had put in. And, and, and I don't have an issue with a disqualification if we're, if we're illegal, right? But it's it's a weird situation in our sport because now he's got to go sell the sport to fans and man it's like uh, maybe him and whoever makes that decision had a history or something like wow how do you get disqualified two races in a row by cheating <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean kind of i mean it, it's not his fault no it's not aj's fault so he really it, it's not his fault he did that but if you fail you fail um you know obviously aj didn't go into that race wanting to Hey, I you know I'm gonna win today, but man, this car cheated up. Can't wait. He doesn't, nah, you know. Nah. But so it just it's just a bad situation, and I think AJ gets it. But just kind of, you know, just I was talking to right. Chris Rice last night um, after we landed, and I was like, "Man, you gonna appeal this thing?" And he's like, "One, you never win the appeal, and two, I think it cost me five thousand dollars to file the appeal." So all I'm doing is digging a deeper hole. So not only on the competition side does that have a big impact, but also on the business side because, you know, Matt Colley, who owns that race team, he loves racing. That's why he's here. And, yes, it makes business sense for Lee Filter to be here, but Matt Colley is spending a lot of his own money to fill the second car, to fill the third car. Even when you guys see sponsorship on that car – Whatever they're off on sponsorship, Matt is is subsidizing that number. So yeah. to, to to have Matt colleague excited about a second place finish and then he leaves dejected, that's also not good for our sport because he he's a hobby guy. He's not a Richard Childress racing, a Penske, a Joe Gibbs racing that's been around forever. They they only came about in 2016, I believe it was. So it um, implications are weird, man. I mean, we saw the Nice Motorsports guy. You know, he he's same thing. I mean, Ross is out here winning races in his truck, and the guy's literally not knowing how he's going to show up at the next race. Yeah, Al Nice is putting that bill. They had an all-white truck recently that was literally nothing on it but the contingencies. I was like, ooh, that's, yeah. that's I mean, those, those KBM trucks are grossing 125000 a race, and then you've got this guy who's paying his own bill, and this guy paying his own bill is kicking the fully funded truck's butts. And you don't want to piss those people off and send them home because right now we probably need them more than we ever have. I thought I was cool at Eldora, Ross uh, – he he did that deal where you could see all the sides of the truck and get all the sponsors on TV. Yeah, that's good marketing ploy. I, yeah, like, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah, that was good. I will say it was cool. He had Jack Twice. Hewitt on that car. Yeah, and they, they interviewed him pre-race. Yeah. Hermie did. Did you he see how he did that? He goes, "Hey, hey, Jack, Jack, you got time for an interview? Damn right, I got time yeah. for an interview." I was like, "Yeah." yeah. yeah. Hermie, Hermie interviewed him. Yeah, Hermie yeah. Him. yeah. Two yeah. watermelons. And they started. Oh man. And they started talking like it was going to go like the famous. If you've not seen this interview, you need to Google it and YouTube it. Oh, Jack Hewitt. Oh my gosh, I was waiting for that to go really bad. Yes, well, that's that's why Ross did it. It was that. Track, right he is just like a yeah. man full yeah. of full of quotable conversation like we were talking to him about the trucks being there and i we said something about 
you know, wouldn't you want to see sprint cars here? And he goes, if I wanted to watch a parade, I'd just turn the TV on on thir- or on Thanksgiving and watch the Macy's. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, just quotable, man. Yeah. He's just, he's a character. Awesome. Um, next one here. Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr.'s battle for the win. Can you call that a battle? That's yeah, it was a battle. Two guys racing five hard cars apart w- sure. without without making a mistake. Like I was waiting for one of them to make a mistake. Yeah. Martin Martin kind of creeped in there a little bit with five or so to go, and I thought, okay, well, he he another car length, and he was going to probably take a shot into one or something. But um, those guys, man, I was watching. Wait, I'll say it since you won't say it. That tire sucked. <laughs> you had Kyle Larson stay out at the end of stage one with seventeen green flag laps on his tires. And nobody could catch him. Nobody could pass him. You mean it just didn't wear? There was just you no tire you, wear? No, it you, you mm. just didn't happen. So here's 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 freaking uh, Larson out there on old 20-lap, 17, 20-lap tires. Nobody can catch him and pass him for the lead. He's literally gone. Um, and, and then you look at this battle. I don't know who, I guess Jason said, this battle for the lead. I never saw a battle. I saw a race that was dominated by Chase Elliott. I wasn't waiting on him to make a mistake. I was waiting on Martin to have an opportunity to outdrive him, catch him, get inside of him, make Chase do some things to be aggressive and play defense. And and I never saw it. And, and I have to say, we saw an entertaining race yesterday. Put a, put a really good tire out there, and we'll see any better one. I wasn't a fan of that tire. Yeah, I mean, I can see where you'd say that, but it was still a good fight. I'm good. You know, give it to Chase for – you know, driving that. I mean, he's obviously found. I say dominated. It. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. figured out the way around the Glen. Chase has gotten really good there. His uh, dad was a pretty good road course racer too, though, wasn't he? Wasn't Bill pretty good on road courses? Mm-hmm. He's pretty good everywhere. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think they called him Awesome place. Bill for crying yeah. out loud. Man, you don't. They didn't call him yeah. Sucky Bill from Dawsonville. Awesome on ovals, Bill. <laughs> I went to Dawsonville on Friday to check out the pool room. That was pretty cool. I was very disappointed to listen to the uh, DJD and find out the pool room doesn't even serve beer. I mean, what? Uh, How are you on this battle, Freddie? Spot on, spot off for the battle. What battle? The battle. What are you talking about? I think that answers it right there. You're talking about like Chase just running five cars in front of Martin for the entire race? Well, actually, the battle was Martin and them guys getting up to second because that was pretty good to watch. Like the the Gibbs cars were unbelievable yesterday. I felt like uh, they could cut through traffic. The 18 was pretty fast um, for some of the race. When he was facing forward. When he was going the right direction. (laughs) Um, but you know, like, like once he got to second, like literally, I mean, if Chase didn't make a mistake, which he, you know, obviously that's on Chase did a great job not to make a mistake, but he would have had to make a mistake for Martin to get to him. Martin was not going to be able to drive up to him. It seemed like, and, and like you said, the tires just not wearing out. Like I felt like in the Xfinity race, you've seen a little bit different, like where Kyle pitted and was able to come back through. He also had the best car, but like some guys just the tire didn't wear out. So there was no difference in staying out longer and having better tires at the end versus, you know, short pitting and just back running the race backwards like we normally would. Yeah. Well, that segues the next one with road course racing with the current aero package. TJ, you want to start this? One? I don't know if it's all aero with this. Like, like we always talk about fall off. You got to fall off. Yeah. Fall off. Aero kind of takes care of itself. Um, you know, I, so you don't like the tire either. I mean, I like a lot of fall off. I like a lot of fall off and I'm everywhere, everywhere yeah, we go. Anywhere. Fall off gives you comers and goers. Yeah, you got to make tires matter. What scares me about the package at the road course, and I feel like this was the first road course where we could really evaluate it. I thought Sonoma, the layout was horrible. I feel like uh, what scares me about this package is I'm used to seeing guys starting on Friday in the very first practice, miss turn one, wheel hop turn one, wreck in turn one. That is a downhill, fast you know, breaking corner and to see 
so many guys go through there so easily with the exception of Kyle Busch. Uh, that scares me. I actually think, though, that the horsepower is good. The package, the aero package is fine. I think that my struggle was that tire was literally too good. It needs to fall off. It needs to be – or we need to do what F1 does, and we need to have various compounds that we can pick from during that race because what we need to see – is the opportunity to pass. And it was very difficult yesterday. I caught TJ. We were running about 22nd, a lot better. I was a lot better at that point in the race than he was. And I bet it took me seven laps to get by you. Yeah, at least probably that. Long time. We got inside of him a couple times, couldn't couldn't do anything. Like You want the ability to complete a pass. Otherwise, you're doing what Jack said. You're watching a parade. We don't want to be in the parade business. I feel like the tire has – I don't know if it's just Goodyear struggling. They, they they also went – like everybody at the beginning of the year didn't know what this package was going to be. So Goodyear also doesn't know what this package is, and they, they've got to build a tire that's not going to blow out. So hopefully when we go – like last week, I saw the 88 pit, and I think the four was leading. And, you know, usually you come out of pits on fresh tires, you drive away from the leader, yeah. and you're good. The four passed the 88. Like tires last week, this week, they have not mattered at all, some of these tracks. And it's probably a part of, you know, Goodyear just trying to – error on the side of safe versus, you know, having tires blow out every five laps like we had at Indy that year. But, um, you know, hopefully when we go back to some of these places, they can they can kind of compromise the tire a little bit to where... We had a track earlier where the engineer literally told us that they could run the Martinsville race and then drive 3,000 more miles on yeah. that left side tire. We don't need that. No. That's insane. It is insane. Just keep listening to Door Bumper Clear, Hannah. We'll keep sharing that knowledge. Appreciate it. I'll just I'll just take my pit notes going into. That's why you got to come weekend. on every other week. That way you can be more in tune to what's going on in the sport. <laughs> As if I'm not there. I appreciate it I'm though. Kidding. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I wasn't at Watkins Glen though. Um, all right, guys. Well, before we take a break, we want to take a moment of silence for the victims and those that were impacted by the mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton over the weekend. Now let's see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. The Dale Jr. Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, the Dale Jr. Download. This week, the ultimate independent Dave Marcus stops by. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. The Dale Jr. Download. Dirty Mo. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home. So request your offer today. OfferPad. Move freely. Hannah, do you need to buy or sell your home? I eventually, yeah. You know, I'll get there. You need to, you need to sell or you need to buy. I need to buy. Oh. I'm, I'm on the renting, you know, boat right now. Okay, well, OfferPad can help you, and there's no better way to buy or sell than to use Offer OfferPad. Freddie just bought his house, but Freddie, I think we can make some easy coin, man. Have yeah. you been to OfferPad.com? Yeah, we can make some money. We, I need to check out OfferPad.com and see what kind of money I can make. Yeah, and uh, you know what's cool about it, Freddie? is that you can change the closing date and they'll move you locally for free, which really means me, you, and Brett, shirtless. <laughs> Who Wait, doesn't want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> me. I'm on a cleansing diet this week. I'm on day one of a cleansing diet, so by the time we move, Freddie, I will be muscular and ripped. Go to OfferPad.com, check them out. It takes less than five minutes to submit your home. 
It's a freaking valuation. If you like it, take the deal. It's like that that show, Deal or No Deal. Go to OfferPad.com. Check them out. Let's go into fast lane. Three racing questions. One off the wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. All right. First question here. Passing proved more difficult than usual at Watkins Glen on Sunday. What caused this and how can it be fixed next year? I feel like we just kind of went over this, didn't we? TJ, oh, no, let's start. hear TJ's take. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we got. Uh, I agree with the fall off. You got to fall off when you have fall off. Guys, save tires. Guys, know how to manage your, You know, manage them. And you know, you guys you see guys struggling. Um, when the tire doesn't fall off, everybody gets off the corner the exact same. When you got when you got guys that are burning them up, using them up, they can't get off the corner later. And you got guys that can. So you got guys that can make moves. Um, you know, and 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 attempt to pass. We could take a non-practical approach and have a water truck that rides around and wets the track and forces us to run rain tires so that we can see guys slipping and sliding and having an opportunity for the better driver to prevail. Or we could just do something that would be practical, which would be to bring a softer tire that wears and that falls off several seconds over the course of several miles. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of like the F1 route of, you know, different compounds where you can put a hard tire on and maybe stay out longer than a guy that's going to – I mean, I don't know if we watched the Formula 1 race, but it was a, it was one of the better races I've seen where a guy was leading on hard tires and a, a Lewis Hamilton came in and put a softer compound on and made up 20 seconds in 20 laps and won the race. That's because exciting. Had, that's exciting. You're watching the guy run him down. That's what you want is a coming and going situation where somebody's got a – you know, there's somebody charging on from the back on a, on a better tire. Next question. The battle for the final playoff spots is heating up with four races left. Will any of the guys currently in the top 16 be knocked out before the field is set? Uh, you guys can kind of see the points there. Jones, uh, is he? he's 54 to the good. Yep. Yeah. 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 Larson, 46 to the good. Boyer, 12 to the good. And Johnson on that line with Newman. Oh, they're tied. Freddie, you start. Yeah, I, obviously there's going to be a battle between Johnson and Newman for that last spot. Um Jimmy's probably had a little bit more speed, but this package really lends itself to Ryan Newman, I feel like. He is the king of racing hard, keeping you behind him, has a good restart, and all of a sudden he's running 15th all day and he finishes 6th. So he could sneak out some good finishes and put some points between him and Jimmy, but uh, it's going to be a toss-up between those two, I think. Yeah, none of these, you know, even you got Clint, Jimmy, and Newman, even even Suarez, You they cannot afford a bad race right now. You cannot afford – a DNF, you cannot afford a 36-place finish. You have to fight for everything you can, and you have to keep your head on your shoulder. You can't get involved in stuff that could take you out of this. So uh, the, the pressure's on these guys right here. I, I feel bad that we're even in this conversation. I mean, I look at who we're ultimately competing with, and, yes, they're talented race car drivers, but we shouldn't even be back here. We've made a lot of, of mistakes um, on the racetrack and, and getting in accidents and not maximizing stage points to even put ourselves in this position. But, I mean, man, it's 18 guys vying for 16 spots. Here's the question is, does somebody, you know, pull off a, a win that's not in this top 16 at one of these next three races? And Indy's one of those places that we've seen crazy stuff happen where, you know, a, a Paul Menard wins, you know, a Casey Kane wins. Certainly wasn't favored to win that race by any means. So, uh, TJ's right. None of us can afford to screw up, and, and I think that's what it's going to come down to is who makes the least mistakes. I'll tell you the guy that I think is running the best out of the people behind you guys in points yeah. is the 95. Yeah, He yeah. has rattled off some good finishes, and I'll tell you what, he is 
really, really good at Bristol. Yeah. And if he's a consider, you know, if you end up like tire, we say tires don't matter. And if you get in the right spot in the right position at the end of the race and have you know stay out on a pit stop or something, he gets the lead. He could sneak out a win at a place like Bristol. Eric Jones has got the most speed in this group right now. I mean, obviously he's busted off a lot of top five finishes. He was crazy fast yesterday. Dibendetto is in a you know basically a JGR satellite car, which gives him speed. I mean, but you're talking about a Jimmy Johnson, a Clint Boyer, a Kyle Larson. Those are high caliber drivers that are vying literally just to, to squeeze in here to this playoff. The June Michigan race featured a lot of drafting with the current aero package. Will you feed your driver any more or different information this time around, knowing how the race played out? Brett. You know, the key is you can't let somebody get to your right rear. If they do, they're going to drive around you for the most part. So uh, the, the information that we give when it's critical is on these these restarts. And we just saw it at Pocono. Everybody's really fighting and jockeying through turn one there, which will be turn one and two at Michigan, to get your momentum wound up and not be forced to the bottom where there is no draft, there is no speed. And you go into turn three and you can go from, you know, third on a restart to 10th in a lap. So I, I think where you're going to see spotters play the biggest role will be on, on restarts there. The, the biggest thing I think you've seen in the first race, and it was really similar to what the truck races used to be, is the, everybody kind of runs that lane off the bottom, and that bottom is a 100% sucker hole. Like You get a run of the guy through the middle, and you're like, oh, I got him. You pull to the bottom, and if you don't get him cleared up off the corner – you might as well figure on losing three to four spots because that top lane is going to be coming hard. So I think you just the biggest thing I'm going to do is try to just minimize your side by side racing and just remind them that like unless you know you can get clear, you can't put yourself on the bottom and have somebody outside you. Yeah, it's uh, even like we led. We were you know yeah, we had well, you're a good just going to tell them to clear we, by three the rest well, of the day. <laughs> it's fine. You're still you're still blocking. It's weird how the runs form there, but you're still blocking the run because they with the right push like Kurt was making me nervous because Kurt was figuring out to push, you know, how to, how to work together and get, you know, um, make it, you know, make it real interesting, but it's, um, it's hard to, it's a 195 mile an hour chess match. If you make the wrong move, you're opening yourself up for, like you said, the loss is, the loss is bigger than the gain. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. Um, off the wall question here, a 16 year old won $3 million as the first Fortnite world cup solo champion. What would you have done with 3 million at 16? That's insane. TJ. Um, probably a lot of bad decisions. Bought a really cool eye racing setup. <laughs> yeah. I would have, I would have, I would have probably, um, been the, how definitely have an awesome car. I'm not sure what I would buy. I would shop around. Can you drive at 16 nice. here? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. <laughs> 16, I'm trying to think of what was cool when I was 16. I probably would have bought a four-wheeler. Uh, nowadays, it would probably be a side-by-side or whatever they call them. Um, wow, man, so many things I'd buy. I'd, I'd Buy a house on OfferPad? I'd go to Best Buy and just go crazy. Um, <laughs> they had Best Buy when you were 16? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Sure well, Circuit nice. City was more of a thing for Circuit me. Circuit City was, yeah, definitely big back then. Yeah. If I'd have had three million bucks at 16 years old. Hey, I hey, was, hey, well, your kids are here. What? Just They're here? Okay, yeah. Tell, I can't be honest. <laughs> um, I said when I was 16. I know what you um, said. <laughs> three million bucks is a lot of money. After taxes is a million five. I was playing baseball, playing football. 
dancing a lot. I have my own little clogging studio going in Pageland, South Carolina. So if I'd if I'd have been sixteen and won that money, the first thing I would have done though was went and bought a super dirt late model because a guy named Tommy Mungo in my hometown was a badass at Lancaster, South Carolina, and I love going to watch him race. That's how I got into racing at four years old. Started going to the track with him and his family. That would have been the first thing I would have done was bought a super dirt late model, and I would have sucked because I probably should have started in like street stock or something, but I'd have went right to the top. <laughs> I'd have been just like this kid in the 77 that can't drive every week that gets in there, and uh, he's about 18 <laughs> seconds off the pace. And, um, <laughs> what well, he, he bought a ride. He, he, he bought his way to the top. That's what I would have done. I'm saying I would have been that guy. I know, but how? I just reminded me of something yesterday. How <sighs> many – penalties did the 77 get in, in a, a row, row on yeah. pit road all right too fast exiting all right too many, too many boxes, boxes. Oh, too many too boxes fast again oh too many boxes it was literally like four times too many boxes on entry <laughs> too many boxes on exit it was, and it was reed like it was reed swords yesterday somebody that knows somebody that knows how to drive yeah yeah, yeah. oh man uh, three uh I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I don't know think you know the value of three million dollars at 16 there's no chance i you know how much trouble i would have got in at 16 i was like already I, a hellion I don't know if you just know what all you can buy with that. At sixteen, you don't. In today's world, you can't. You can't do a lot though. In, in my world, you could have yeah. done a ton. You know, one point five million dollars, and in, in whenever oh, I was sixteen, yeah. I mean, you're talking nineteen ninety two. Like, I mean, that's a at sixteen where I was living, I probably would have bought a dairy farm there. Had but I'm about telling you, dude, a million five right now, <laughs> that's not a lot of money. No. Long Island, I would have got a nice two bedroom apartment probably. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And not be able to afford to pay your property yeah, tax. Yeah, had to move out a couple years Casey, later. Casey would have went to the Four Seasons for a week. <laughs> she would have had a better wedding photographer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Hey, What so would you, you do? You just, hold on one second before you get to that. Chad, this this is contagious. Is it? Chad posted his sister's birthday yesterday. He posted a wedding, a picture from the wedding of him and his sisters, and it was, uh, I'll I think bet it was Chris's she birthday. has his sign-in. <laughs> so you don't think it was him? You think I'll it was just I'll bet she her? signed in. <laughs> I'll bet. I'm what sorry, would you do with three million? Well, it wasn't that long ago that I was 16. Just a reminder. But how old are you? Hannah? Yeah, how old are you? 22. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wow. 22. Yeah. Which I, which I can remember when I was um, 22. I'm trying to think what I was. What at 16? I just graduated high school. You look way older than 22. I, yeah, that's nice. You graduated at 16. <laughs> yep, I hated high school. So I graduated at 16. So I just graduated and was getting ready to go to college. I meant that. But in I was a nice still way. racing, so I probably would have. Bought a new super late model. Are you racing Speaking again? That, I heard you're yeah, racing. Yeah, I am. I'm going home and racing a super late model race in a couple weeks. That's fun. I'm going to fall question. out of the seat. It's a 200 lap race. You're I think 22. Doug Kobe referenced this. I saw a Victor Lane picture of you, and your hair looks as amazing as it does right now. Did you do your hair in the car like, oh, after you won about, the race? Yeah, you're talking about that picture that There's I put. A picture you posted. It was a heat race, so it was like seven laps and we didn't have practice that day i mean she's got so, curls dude, my hair, hair was all curled amazing. and nice so it was like we didn't have practice wow. <laughs> nothing i went out and won the heat race and that was the picture that it was from it was a win from a heat race so my hair's still like nice and curly i, I promise you it just didn't like look rick corelli just like rick corelli is whenever he'd win back in the, <laughs> i just want to say the reason i'm roof. surprised that you're 22 is not because you look older than 22 unlike what tj you look said. more mature than 22 you, just I, the fact that you are good at what you do <laughs> and and you've really already done so many things like at 23 was when i finally got into the sport so you're way ahead of life yeah, at 22 it. than i was what else have you done i've that's a loaded question um <laughs> that's the way he means it yeah no i have to like tell myself to slow down sometimes because i get frustrated that i'm not farther ahead then i'm like okay just I have to full spectrum this and be like. Just always remember your mic is on. That's the only That's light. The only yes. Thing. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Wait. Did you guys? You probably didn't. But last weekend at Iowa, I had to do 
pre-race interviews for MRN, and that was the first time I'd talked to him since that happened, and I got to interview him. I think I have, uh, I might not have the audio clip, but... How did it go? I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt and approach the conversation just with a racing-related question. So I prompted it that way, and I go, you know, you didn't race here in June, so you're behind on the notebook compared to your teammates. How are you guys feeling about, you know, today's race? And he goes, hi, Hannah. I go, hello. This is live. Yeah. And he goes, long time no talk. How you been? I'm like, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, good. So, how you feeling about your race car? Yeah, we're feeling pretty good. And it was just like three minutes. It was just, just casual conversation. I said, all right. Well, that's Riley Hurst. Super awkward. Everyone had their phones out. They were waiting for like Throwdown 2.0 or something. So I'm glad that's over. I go to Bristol in two weeks, too, and I get to work Colossus Jeez, again. These kids. How would you handle that, Freddie? If you'd have been that guy and Hannah walked up to you after calling you that. I would have laughed. I would have laughed when she said it the I first I would have said, Hannah, come here. Let's hug this out. Oh, well, yeah. That's for sure. we got to work it out. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> okay, keep going. All right. PristineAuction.com is an online auction site with a plethora of cool, authentic, and affordable memorabilia. Yeah, they have lots of different auction types, including daily auctions with bids starting at just $1 and ending nightly. Also, the 10-minute auction is a great way to bid quickly and win some cool stuff. They also guarantee the authenticity of all items, and each comes from the authentication form. Only the most trusted sources, guys like Dale Jr., guys like Steve Spurrier, some guy named Thurman Thomas, man. That's right. Check out some of these previous NASCAR item bids that went for low prices. A Rex White signed 8x10 photo for just twenty four sixty eight. Holy cow. Ned Jarrett signed number 11, 1965 Ford Diecast. It went for $61.79. If you're the guy who bought that and you're listening to this show, I'll give you 80 bucks for it right now. <laughs> Get DM, slide into my DMs, and I, I want that diecast. How do I not? I, hate I missed it. Don't slide in. Kick the door down. Get this, a Tony Anselmo, who is the voice of Donald Duck, had his signed photo go for just $18.90. That's awesome. Somebody wants that, but I, that's not. That's I would not. like that's to That's the cool thing is they've got such a wide range of stuff. Jason, can you do a quick Donald no, Duck impression? No, <laughs> Come on, man. It's quick, even... and, it's quick and free to register, uh, you know, and you only pay when you win. Enter the registration code. Clode. Clode. How about the word Clode? Is that a cool word? No. Probably. As a DBC listener, you get five bucks just for listening and for signing up. Uh, go to the registration code section, type in the word clear. That's C L E A R. Yeah, and also as a new user, you'll get an immediate $5 auction credit to spend, and they'll know we sent you from DBC. If you love DBC, go check them out, man. PristineAuction.com. That's P R I S T I N E auction.com. Maybe we should sing that. And don't forget to enter the registration code and check back each week to see what we'll bid on next. Our Thurman Thomas signed football actually had to up the bid from $20. We're at $40 right now. Oh, oh, oh no. Someone else is trying to outbid Somebody me. But we're going to get him. TJ's ghost bid. We'll slide into some DMs here. Quit yeah. bidding on it, guy. Ask DBC. <laughs> um, this is my favorite part of the show. Because fans ask stuff that's relevant. They get us talking. They get us telling sometimes, stories. Sometimes it's sometimes. not relevant. But. And now they win a freaking offer pad, door bumper clear t-shirt if they yeah. ask the best question. Oh, there you go. We gave away four last week. We're giving away one or two this week. Hmm. Can't wait. So yeah. first question here is Bradley88Billy asks, why do we have a ride height, ride height rule post-race at road courses where the cars bounce like a baseball? Baseballs don't, I mean, I guess they kind of bounce. 
I think he, Billy was intoxicated when he sent this question. His original like, question that he sent to me and Jason was it had a lot of f bombs in it. I feel he was like upset. Billy was is usually intoxicated. That's kind of what I, I, like I thought. Followed, I saw some of them. Uh, <laughs> I think old Billy follows our mold a little too closely. He said he was on. Is he the one that said he was on the couch for the weekend because yeah. he could keep up? Yeah, yeah. yeah but probably I like why. Uh, I mean. I think they have ride height rules everywhere. Otherwise, listen, you want Cup a ride height. I, I don't think they have a ride height rule anywhere. Cup doesn't. No. Cup doesn't. Oh, that's Xfinity right. Does. That's right. Yeah. Well, I forgot. That's why the cars are so low. Maybe we need a ride height rule. Yeah, maybe that's probably part of the problem. It'd be about a foot. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question to you guys. Okay, so we're going to do a ride height rule, which means to, to the listener that you're going to push through tech and your car is going to have to be so many inches off the earth. Then we're going to go out there and race. The whole time we're racing, the car is on the earth. It is slammed completely down. What is happening in tech is when these guys come back through tech after the race, Cup doesn't have to come back up to that height. Okay, They also don't have to start at that height because they're allowed to start on the ground. What's happening here is the Xfinity Series and in Ross's instance in the Truck Series, the truck or the car isn't coming back up after the race. My question is, if we're racing with the car planted on the ground, why do we need the car to come back up anyway? This is all because we have a really – the Cup Series, there's a lot of really smart people in the sport, and they have figured out how to get these cars that low to the ground and, and not hit – I mean, we the Cup cars race this far off the ground the whole time. They race sealed off onto the ground. And to get the trucks in that to that level, it's going to take more engineering. It's going to take – it's going to cost more money. They're going to just start doing things. It's better to say, hey, everyone race at this height. How much money is it going to cost? Millions. I mean, you're trying, you know, lo- it's like aero stuff. I mean, the lower it's fa- the lower it is But faster. they're already racing on the ground. Why should the car have to come back up? Because a lot of the teams can't figure out how to do that. Every team that's contending to win the race can't Well, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Like, you're, you're lo- this, the gap's going to get bigger. If you, don't, if you don't have a ride height roll, in my opinion, the gap will get bigger between... But- let me ask you this, Brett. After Saturday's race, if you won the race, do you think you passed Tech? I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope that that. And look, I don't know what considerations were given. I don't know what conversations were had. I know that we had damage. I know that damage was real, and and I know that it was being attributed by via the team as to why we were yeah. low. So I don't know if NASCAR is more open to listening to that. I don't know what happened well, in that more room. More so what I'm getting at is you go, you, you end the race, you go to lug nut check, you drive straight to tech, you finish second place. Yeah. You win the race, you do your burnouts on on. You got more stretch, time to come up. You push the car, you're sitting in victory lane, you've got more time for this car to come back up because yeah. it's all compression, you know, shock stuff where these cars are coming back up. I think, you know, if your car sits there longer, it has more time to come back, it, it's got a better chance. That's why they let tech. them roll through tech they twice let them, They let them roll through twice. Like oh, yeah. That. But, but, sometimes, but still, it's, it's but you roll through and then you roll right back through. It's not, you don't have 20 minutes. Yeah, sometimes yeah, that second time will pass too, though, because it has had more time. Yeah. I mean, you're still pushing the envelope when you're doing this stuff. I, I mean, I think Billy's question is, we're watching these guys jump these curbs. How do we expect parts not to fail and things not to happen? And... Billy, man, it's I'm a valid with you. Point. But 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 the thing is, man, if NASCAR's drawn the line in the sand, which they have, and uh, and and you're on the wrong side of it, which teams have been, so I'm, I'm with NASCAR standing their ground. But I mean, dude, it's it's a fickle fickle. You guys, you guys will both remember this. We used to go to the plate tracks. We're running into each other on the pace last before the race. If you were behind a teammate, to knock the back of the car lower. If you had a teammate, you know, and you're lined up with him, you would get a run, speed up there. 
and hit him as hard as you could so it would knock his spoiler down out of the air more. That's right. So, and that's not going to pass, but it looks like race damage. So, you know, I'm... If you leave, if you leave an area gray, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna exploit it. Yeah, I mean, how long did we <laughs> did we like, uh, you know, you're not allowed to flare your your side skirts out. So the entire parade lap was t- forty guys driving on the apron, off the apron, on the apron, off the apron, yeah, trying I mean, to flare them out themselves. We like, we find ways <laughs> yeah. to get around things. So you kind of you kind of have to be the line has to be drawn. Whether it's if you're low, you're low. Yeah. You you can't like well it's damaged. Well, <laughs> how do you know yeah. there's not an advantage to that somehow? You know. Um, next question. Chris Bryant 86 asks, when your driver tells you to go to the spotter of another car, he's going to wait, hold up. <laughs> when the driver tells you to go to the spotter of another car, he's going to whip their ass. Do you actually do it in reference to JJ telling his spotter to go tell Blaney's? Yeah, we just walk down and beat the hell out of each other <laughs> all the time. Just luckily it doesn't get on TV. Oh, man. It just all depends on the scenario. I think most of us on the roof realize we're not driving the cars. So Most most of us. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few that that love to. I think they're not asking that you guys are going to whip each other's ass on the spotter stand. I think they're asking if you go tell their spotter, hey, my driver's going to whip your ass. Like your driver's ass. I think Freddie's right. If you tell them you're going to whip their ass, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Okay, so I think Freddie's right about that. But here's. Here's my thing, Hannah. If I know that Clint is mad at Joey Logano and I know it's potentially going to screw both of us, I'm going to go tell TJ because I don't want to get screwed. If I know that Clint's mad at Joey Logano and he's going to wreck Joey Logano and it not affect Clint Boyer, what do I care, right? I mean, I don't have a dog in that fight. My dog is my dog. So I'm going to go down there and I'm going to say, TJ, hey, dude, if you see me coming, exactly like what happened yesterday with Bubba and Kyle, right? If, if I'm Kyle Busch's spotter, I'm going to walk down there and say, hey, man, this is what Kyle said. He's sorry. He'll buy you a steak dinner. You know, I'm going to try to defuse the situation if I think it's going to help me. If I don't, then I don't care, right? So if I go down there and I'm like, hey, TJ, man, Clint's really mad. If he catches you, I'm just warning you, he's probably going to wreck you. It's so that he and I both don't get screwed. Yeah, it's all, it all depends on the situation. Most of the time, these guys, is heat of the moment stuff, and they're just saying it when they're really mad because – 20 laps later, they're running 30 positions better, and they're all happy again, and they don't even think about it again. So, you know, if it happens near the end of the race and, you know, it takes one guy from first or second to, like, I mean, I can see when Martinsville a few couple years ago or whatever when, you know, Denny got into the Denny got into Chase. Chase. Yeah, I mean, I can see <laughs> something. That's – if he says it then, you're probably going to go down and be like, hey, man, just – Forewarning. Yeah, let you know. It just all depends on the situation. Gabriel WX asks, should the schedule be set up so that short tracks follow up road courses? If one driver is perturbed, perturbed, perturbed. What a great at word. another, Michigan surely isn't the place to retaliate and an additional week means memories won't be quite as good as Bristol. Huh. Memories. If you are mad, you never forget. Ever, ever, ever forget. This goes back to the, if you're mad and it's building up inside of you, it's not going to go away, and it might be at Michigan. It might be at Bristol. That point, you might not see the guy the next week on the track, so it might not even matter. And you don't, you're not going to go in there and destroy a guy at 195 miles an hour. That's not the way. That's not the way to handle it. I don't think any of these guys would do it that way. But there's going to come a time when you know your guy's going to be having a bad day, and if he's mad at this other guy, and this other guy's having a great day, they're going to go down the corner at Bristol. It could be a month and a half later. He's not going to forget if he's mad enough. No. 
and 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 you can and you can hurt somebody at Brist I've had Mar- oh Jesus any of them really yeah any of them at Michigan without wrecking a guy I mean you could you could hold a guy up you can block him you can I saw one time I forget who I think it was Paul Menard had did one of the best things ever it was I want to say it was Daytona or Talladega somebody had turned him or done something to him and on the restart you know you got to stay in line well he just didn't go like they're there at the tail and whoever had wrecked him was in the back yeah. with him and he just didn't go so now the guy lost yeah. the draft because Paul's car was wrecked but he had to stay he couldn't go around him so he just kind of like half throttled it to the line and by the time they got going I, I want to say it was like the 48 maybe but yeah. he, he lost the draft because Paul you know so you can you can affect guys and and hurt guys performance without wrecking them not to mention there's also the pit stall selection too that you could oh yeah you know if you, if William Byron gets knocked out. Who's to say the next few weeks he doesn't pick right in front of Kyle? Oh, yeah, we did that. Uh, when the year that um, Harvick, I was spotting for Trevor, and Harvick wrecked us at Talladega. I'm sure you guys remember that. He was, gonna, he was blown up. He, was gonna, he wasn't going to make the chase if we went greens. It was a green-white checker, and he wrecked the whole field and ended up getting the chase by a couple points. We picked in front of him the rest of the season because we knew we'd be coming around him because he's going to outrun us, and it, and it affected him. I, you know, he probably still won the damn championship that year, but you know we we did everything we could to you know just play little games like that and and show that we weren't very happy that he tore us up. All right, last one here. Um, the Dylan Word asks if Brett and TJ were chosen to participate in a Celebrity Family Feud episode where NASCAR drivers played against NASCAR spotters. I flip flop that. Um, who would be on your spotter team and who would be on the driver team? So you get five people per team. I've been on Family Feud. Really? Uh, they did that. They did this before. Yeah, I did a family feud. It was like 2003. It was Robert Yates racing against Chip Ganassi racing. So it was Elliott uh, Sadler was the driver. Sterling Marlin was the the Ganassi driver at the time. And uh, man, it was it was an awesome experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, did you win? No, you're out. You're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna believe why we lost. So the PR girl Amy Walsh was on our team. Okay, and. They, the question was this. She's standing up there at the little buzzer thingy, and the question was, what body parts do a human and a chicken share in common? Boom. She rings in first, and I'm like, oh, we got this. We're, we're getting ready to win the family feud. She goes, a thigh. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Amy? A thigh? <laughs> thigh. Ding. Last. Look at the other guy. Who was Lee McCall, the crew chief at the time for Starla oh, Marlin? He goes, no. Breast. Ding, the number one answer is on the board. We were done. We lost. And she was a chick because she couldn't identify what chicken and human body parts. I'm little... sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure. Oh, it is. I've seen it before. Yeah. So who we got? Oh, man. So if it's you three, then two more spotters. Uh, we need smart people. I don't know any of them. Really a narrow, <laughs> no really thinned out. Reigns? <laughs> Dude, Tony Reigns is the most airheaded guy I think I've ever met. I got you know I, you know who would it be fun? I'd rather have fun. I, I'll take uh, I'll take Clayton Hughes. He'd be fun. What? <laughs> he would be okay. Dude, he'd be slamming, I would, I, he'd be slamming we, fireball right before you went out. I'd there. have to make like. Earl, the cat, like Earl's got the most, like, uh, like just for his voice, like he'd he be would say, a, he'd uh, say thigh, he'd say thigh, yeah. thigh, uh, thigh, all right, 
right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Barry White. <laughs> All clear. I don't know. Do we have any smart spotters? I mean, <laughs> Hirschman's a goddamn uh, psychology major or something like that. But he's so all, I, mean, I saw him reading the paper this last week. <laughs> like the paper paper. Who reads a paper? Uh, Hirschman. Uh, I can't even read. Not to mention, every week I take pictures of him sitting in his laundry and I send him to his tire guy and I guess they got a little group. The family feud is common sense stuff. It's not like Jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. Oh, We're not man. looking for like all right. rocket all right. scientists. So we need common sense. Um, I go Timmy. Timmy's pretty. Tim Fedewa? Yeah. Yeah. Timmy's got Timmy's pretty sense. good. Yeah. Um, who are you picking? I don't care who the drivers are. We'd whoop them. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we got spotters have more common sense. Well, than we the could, we get drivers. We could bring Harmon, Timmy Hill, <laughs> Timmy Hill, uh, Quinn Hoof, Hoof. Oh boy! Apparently, Re- that I want is that the guy Riley Hurts. We definitely want <laughs> yeah. Reed. We want Reed out Reed, there. We need he, Reed. He'd be the team. Hey captain. Reed, no more than three boxes on entry or exit. Okay, how'd that work? Every time. Every time. Every, Every time. Single time. So who's the shirt winner? Best um, question. Definitely not that last guy. I don't yeah. know that question. And not, Br- not Bradley, 88 no, Billy. Not Bradley. Nah, he's too drunk. Um, uh, I think I like – I don't know. I mean, Bradley's pretty good. I'd say it has to be either Billy or uh, Brill. Bri- uh, Billy or Brill. Hannah, you pick your tiebreaker decision maker. Um – just pick. I, Look, think, just, I think Bradley, honestly. Yeah. That, that's a pretty good, that's an educated question. And he writes a lot. He responds a lot. So yeah. had, cool. and, and you had to edit his questions. So that goes right to the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right to the top for us. And then we're going to give a shirt to a reviewer on iTunes. So I pulled up a tweet here from Jeff Nooney. His review was, Brett Griffin is my spirit animal. Love the podcast. <laughs> Signed up on Pristine Auction because of y'all as well. Thanks for making my late night drive home something to look forward to. Holla. Perfect. Holla. So Congrats. we'll send them both shirts. I'll be reaching out. Then if you leave an iTunes review in coming weeks, just uh, send a screenshot to me on Twitter so I can see it and we can put it in consideration for the uh, drawing for the shirt. Two shirts a week we're giving away, people. You can't buy these things. Where do we go after Michigan? Bristol. 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 Tennessee. <gasps> Shoot. Johnson City. Tennessee. Ooh. Hey, so I got something. So we saw Kyle Busch wreck, and then we saw him wreck. Then we saw him wreck William. Then he saw we saw him break check William, and then we saw him wreck Bubba, and then we saw him get wrecked by Bubba, and then he restarted back there about twenty fifth. We talked about it earlier on the show. All these guys on the bubble of this championship. You had Jimmy back there, Newman back there. I was back there. Somebody else was back there. We're all racing our guts out trying to to beat each other, get points. And I look at TV, and for six laps in a row, they're showing Kyle Busch. And I'm literally thinking, you're not showing the race for the lead. You're not showing a good race that I'm watching for 10th. You're not showing and talking about those of us that are vying for this championship bubble. You're literally showing Kyle Busch right around for five or six laps, passing cars for 20th. Like, this can't be exciting television compared to what we could be delivering. And I I I was sitting there watching on TV, and I was just like, why? And so when I read these people at home, I read their reviews sometimes, and they're, they're, you know, they'll fuss about too many commercials, which I don't agree with. I mean, we got to have commercials to pay for this stuff, right? But there's a lot of things that, that people fuss about for TV. Well, I was just watching TV. I couldn't hear it. And I was mad at TV because they weren't showing the relevant races on the racetrack. So that's my rant for the week. And while I love this conversation, I'm actually going to pee my pants. So I'm going to go to the bathroom. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Bathroom break. Good. We'll do DBC picks while you're gone. Perfect. Well, my damn rant this week is... I feel like we need to have a little bit of common sense when we go to Watkins Glen or eat Watkins Glen. There's a D in Watkins Glen now. <laughs> yeah. Watkins Glen or Sonoma about like 
we make a qualifying run in practice or we make a qualifying run in qualifying, just let us get out of the way. Like qualifying, now they've made it mandatory to stay in the way for whatever reason. I had an issue in practice where we broke a transmission or a rear end gear, I'm yeah. not sure which one, and we were nursing our car back around, and the only, I had fourth gear at the time. So if I stop in the bus stop, which is mandatory during practice, I'm not going to get my car restarted. They're going to have to throw a yellow, bring everybody to pit road, go out there all the way around the backside of the racetrack, pick me up, push me back to pit road, and we almost got a penalty for it because they really weren't paying. Like, just like, especially in qualifying where you need to be able to get out of the way, stop in the bus stop, let whoever's coming through there go through, or Sonoma, use the cut-throughs. There was a cut-through in Sonoma we could have took that cut off the whole second half of the racetrack and brought us out right by the entrance of Pit Road. Like, let's just use a little bit of common sense. We, If we're going to do this qualifying where we're out there all flying laps or shutting down, like yeah. there could be 15 cars out there and, and seven are on hot laps, seven are trying to shut down to come to Pit Road. Like, you know, these guys are – just let them get out of the way, however it is. So I'll tell you uh, an idea for down the road. Um, I saw another series that runs a lot of road courses. They actually move. Yeah. They move yeah, the start-finish line. So we basically they would take the checker flag and green flag in the middle of a, right, like a straightaway before pit road or something. So they move the start-finish line. So when people are done, they're off the track within the next few seconds. They're, get, they're pulling over and going down pit road. So – you know, maybe at the Glen, you move the start-finish line in qualifying between 6 and 7 or 10 and 11, whatever you want to call it, and just for qualifying, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's way easier to judge the gaps when you're taking off off a of pit road. Hey, this guy's on his lap. Keep digging. Because you know he's never going to – you can judge that. You can you can stay in front of him. Um, and when you come back around, he's pulling in. Anyway, he's done. He gets right off the racetrack. Yeah, he so dives right off. It's the coasting – these cars, you're running so much tape trying to hit it just right. You got motor temp just right. You can't run another lap at speed so people shut off, and then you're real slow, and you're just trying to get out of the way. So maybe if we move the scoring line for qualifying to a better spot to get the cars out of the way when they're done, it would create a lot less havoc in that in that aspect. And surely it can't be very hard to do. I, mean, I don't know what they're afraid of with us accessing the bus stop you know, pass-through road. You know, if so it, many it, of them do it that they got to go in there and manually say, "Don't, don't count this lap." And the, I think they're getting tired of that. The, it's easier just to make practice, us run. Who it. cares? The K and N series, you take the checkered flag at the start finish line. They let you go down. Have you seen that bridge, like yeah. the Jack Daniels bridge off of Turn One? There's a cut through there where you yeah. come back up. The, they, they tell them up. guys to do that. Get out of the way. Why don't we do it? Like, yeah. you know, how get out of the way. How can the K and N series be allowed to do it and the Cup series not be allowed? to I do it? I just don't like, want to be. I don't want to impede I mean, your your path. I don't want to be in your way. And it's there's a preferred line through the bus stop. It's really tight. If you're trying to get out of the preferred line, you can really screw them up. Like it, just it, the, the, the reality should be, if you miss the bus stop, you have to enter pit road. That way, you go out, you run your time lap, and then if you you want to run yeah. the bus stop, miss the bus stop on the on the out lap, on the in lap, just miss it. And, and a place like Watkins Glen versus. Sonoma. Sonoma's different because we can see them a lot at yeah, Sonoma. Yeah. We can tell them, okay, this guy's here, this guy's here. I had to have three spotters for qualifying on Saturday, Saturday because I can't. I can see two turns. Yeah. So you don't know. All right, hey, this guy just left pit road hall and ass. He's going to get to you somewhere back there. Just be watching your mirrors or whatever. You yeah. know. Yeah. DBC right. picks, boy. So I'll take uh, ninety-five. Brett won again last week, thirteen to eight. Now, D. Benedetto, the closest he can get to me. Brett, you're up thirteen. I'm winning thirteen to eight. So if I lose the next three, I'm going to be going into the playoff with a two-point lead. And he's taking Dibbenedetto right here, Matt Dibbenedetto. Yep. I'll go with uh, the guy who probably needs a good finish as much as anybody, Daniel Hemrick. Yep. 
And that's new spotter this week for Daniel Hemrick. Yeah. Guy named Crazy's coming back. Crazy used to spot for Matt Suarez. Kenseth most recently. Suarez most recently. Um, yeah, Suarez most recently. Then Suarez. Kenseth was at uh, Penske for a while. Who did he do at Penske? Kurt. Did Kurt at Penske. Um, so veteran spotter uh, coming back to, to, to work with a rookie driver. So I, I got big expectations and most importantly, Crazy and Daniel Make sure we outrun Doug and Matt Dippendetto. Are you waiting to use me at Bristol? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, here? I was, or, I was uh, definitely um, holding you for Bristol. Um, I actually was saving Dippendetto for Bristol, and TJ just literally yeah, gave him to me. Well, I, I figure this package is going to be rough to come back into right off the bat, so it's going to be a little different to start with. Yeah. Um, and I figure Hemrick's a short tracker, so he's he'll he'll be more comfortable at Bristol. Yep, so. Yep. It's a calculated risk here, and I hope it pays off. You never know. That's why we pick them. Our $40 Thurman Thomas bid's going well, so we'll see if we get that for TJ. A couple more days left in the bid on pristineauction.com. And then next week, Joey Logano's coming, right, TJ? Yeah, I'll talk to him. He called in and said he was coming. He said, when are you having me? And we said, I think, two weeks We said Monday after Michigan, 1230. That's how the conversation went. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see. Bless. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to share the show on social media. Retweet it. Like it. Tweet us your comments and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Hannah, thanks for coming on. Hosting yeah. Freddie. Yep. Thanks for stopping Appreciate by. Appreciate it. Thanks for bringing Jason flowers. That was funny. Hey, my pleasure. I can't believe you won't take them. You can take them to Megan. I'm trying to help you out here. Leave them on the table. Are they real flowers or fake ones? I think they're real. Yeah, they're real, I think. Huh. They were wet. On the bottom. Hey. They were moist. Moist. Uh, good thing Casey's down here. It's time yeah. to go. Does See word, people's later. Does that word bother you? We're out. Moist? We're yeah. leaving. Nah. We're not going okay. to this conversation. Bye. Okay, bye. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.